Welcome back to Acts of Grace Church. I'm so glad you're here. Today, my sermon is on my testimony and the God-shaped hole. So let's open up in prayer. Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord, today for all of the listeners that are hearing this testimony of mine. And I thank you, Lord, for the tests that gave me this testimony. I pray, Lord God, that you would put a watch over my mouth lest I sin against you and say anything that you would not want me to say or that is not of you. And I pray, Lord God, that you would open the hearts and the minds of every listener to receive what you are sending their way, what you are trying to explain to them through this testimony. I thank you, Lord God, and I praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, go ahead and get your Bibles out. We're going to start with John seven thirty-seven. This is a um, scripture from New American Standard Bible, and it's John seven thirty-seven, and it begins with, Now, on the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If any man is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture said, from his innermost being shall flow rivers of living water. But this he spoke of the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were to receive. For the Spirit was not yet given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. Now, the key word here is innermost being. That's the one that I want you to really really think about. Um, here it's referring to the living waters as Holy Spirit. The word innermost being, the words, sorry, innermost being, those two words are one Greek word. And when you go back to the original Greek that, it's, that the scriptures are written in, the word is koilos, K-O-I-L-O-S. And so sorry if you know Greek <laughs> because I've probably butchered it. But koilos means hole or empty place. It is often translated belly or womb. In John 7, the verses that we just read, Jesus is describing a spiritually empty place in the heart of man. And this empty place is the source of thirst. And the divine solution to this thirst is to fill it with living water that only comes from Holy Spirit. And he is longing to give it to us. Now, all my life, I have felt as though something was missing until early spring of 2017, where I had an encounter with God that I will never forget. I'm going to go back through and pinpoint some different parts of my life that were important. When I was eight, I went to the altar and I gave my life to Christ. I was with a friend. Um, we had gone to a revival and I was None of my family was there. I was with my friend. I was um, with her family. But I went to the altar and I gave my life to Christ. When I was in my teen years, I was still 
I was struggling a lot and I was always in trouble. And there was a church, we were living in Pennsylvania and there was a church that was up the street within walking distance from me. And I don't even remember what denomination it was, but I would walk up there and I would go to, to the youth group. I found out when their youth group was, was meeting and I, and I went up and, and I uh, would go on youth trips and things like that. And I was always searching and I actually got kicked out of that youth group. Well, not technically kicked out, but they caught me smoking and the youth pastor was in his early twenties. I think he was a college student and he basically just asked me not to come back. He felt like I was a bad influence on the other kids, which is probably true, but I mean, isn't church supposed to be for the troubled souls, the ones that are seeking and searching and aren't, isn't it for the sinners? Because hospitals are for sick people. Churches are for sick hearted people. So anyway, that's just my take on that. They need to educate those youth pastors a little bit better. Um, all right. So after this, I uh, grew up, you know, eventually I, after getting kicked out, I, I didn't go back to church for a while. Um, I got married, had a child, and moved back to North Carolina. And my grandfather passed away. And when he passed away, I went back to church. I guess I was 22. And... Um, at the age of 24, I was water baptized. I was going to church every Sunday. I started going to church every Wednesday and I got water baptized. And according to my church, I had everything that I needed to uh, live a Christian life. Um, I had done all the steps. I was, you know, teaching uh, Sunday school classes for the, for the little kids at that point. I, uh, eventually started working for the church in my thirties. Um, I was teaching Sunday school for older, for, for some of the older children by that point. And I started doing Bible studies, uh, for the women. I joined the, um, the women's group, I was an, a, a, one of the, the leaders in the women's group. And at one point, I even became the interim youth pastor when they were in between youth pastors, paid youth pastors. I was the free one. Um, they didn't pay me. I just, I, I loved those kids and I, I wanted them to, to not lose out on uh, going on trips and things like that. So I stepped in. So... I was always at church. I was doing what I was told was the right thing to do. I was on every board. I joined every group. I read the Bible over and over again. I remember one woman actually telling me that she was jealous of how often and how much I was reading the Bible. And I thought, you know, it, you just got to sit down and read it. And I didn't understand that not everybody was reading the Bible. They didn't get it. Um, it, 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 there was just a struggle, constant, this constant struggle of there's something missing in my life. There's something missing in my life. 
even though I had gotten through all of the steps, I had done everything that everybody was telling me to do. But still something was missing. I read over and over about God speaking to his people. The Bible is just full of it. It's full of, of God said this and Jesus said that and Holy Spirit told them this. But my church said that God speaks through the Bible, which is true. God does speak through the Bible. But they said that once the Bible was put together, Holy Spirit didn't need to speak to us audibly anymore. He spoke to us through the Bible, they said. I had such a hard time with this concept. Why would God stop speaking to people? It just didn't make sense to me. And I was so jealous of the people that were in the Bible because they actually got to hear God. They got to see God. They got to see Jesus. They got to hear Holy Spirit speak to them. I wanted to hear Jesus speak. I wanted to hear the voice of God. I, I wanted what they had. And I didn't realize it, but I think about this now. And I think God doesn't change. He's exactly the same as he is now as he was then. So why would he stop speaking to us? That just doesn't make sense, right? There was this innate desire in me to hear God speak. And I didn't realize it at the time because I was too hurt to understand. But God was closing the door of my home church that I had grown up in so that I might wander in the wilderness for a while. And in truth, I don't believe that God wanted me to wander quite as long as I did. I think that he, what he really wanted me to do was to go find him, go look for him. And instead, I decided, well, I'm just going to go to college. I'm going to get an education. And I wandered for almost 10 years was floating in and out of churches occasionally, but mostly I was just being a prodigal child. I was drinking again, smoking again, and I felt my life spiraling out of control. I can look back on all of this now with 2020 vision and see that God was setting me up and creating in me character that was going to take me into my destiny. Now, in 2011, my dad died, and that pushed me to go run back to God. But I couldn't sustain the church face anymore. And you know what I'm talking about by church face. It's the, oh, I'm happy. There's nothing wrong with my life. Don't look too close. Oh, we can't really be friends. I'm just here to worship. I was too hurt, and I was damaged. And I couldn't play nice anymore. Then my best friend died in 2015. I was 43 years old. And I spiraled into a depression and grief for almost nine months. It was the worst time of my life. I became almost a recluse. I was working from home. And some days I didn't even get out of my pajamas. But then I started 
to realize that I couldn't stay here forever. And if I continued to stay in this grief, it was going to be really bad. So I started looking for a new church and I landed in a Presbyterian congregation. The people there were extremely nice and I hid there for a little bit. The problem was is that, or the it's not really a problem, but the reason why I didn't stay there was because after about mm, eight or nine months, almost almost a year, I realized that they don't believe that the Bible is the inerrant word of God. They think it's a lot of nice stories, moral stories, but they don't believe that it is the word of God. And I just, that I couldn't tolerate. So I was starting to really worry at this point that I was an alcoholic. I was drinking all the time, almost daily. I was going through the TV stations one night and I came across this show called The Blessed Life. It was by Pastor Robert Morris. And I credit him for leading me back to Christ he had a series that he called Frequency. I think he wrote a book on it, actually. And he talked about in that series how we are born to hear God's voice. But just like a child learns to speak, we have to learn how to hear. As I watched The Blessed Life for months, Pastor Morris did a series on the three parts of baptism. The name of the series was called The God I Never Knew. And if you ever wanted to listen to that, you can actually hear it on YouTube. I believe it's at um, Gateway Church TV on YouTube. And you can watch the whole series. I think it's only like four, four sermons that he did. But in The God I Never Knew, I realized that I was missing that third part of our one baptism. So I want you to understand that here at Acts of Grace Church, we believe in sanctification through Holy Spirit. And we believe that there are three parts of our one baptism. To get saved, you have to believe in Jesus, that Jesus died and arose for the remission of your sins, right? That's going to the altar. That is salvation, and that's all you need to go to heaven. But to walk in the power of God, you have to be water baptized and baptized in the Holy Spirit. There are three parts, salvation, water, and spirit. Now, I never say anything without backing it up with scripture. And so let me just start with, all four Gospels say, John the Baptist said in some form or another, I come to baptize with water, but one comes after me who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. Now, we're not going to go through each one, but if you want to see the references, it's Matthew 3, 11, Mark 1, 8, Luke 3, 16, and John 1, 33. So the Bible talks about this. And most people, the crazy thing is, is that most people believe that this is an automatic thing, that you just, 
you get Holy Spirit and now we're done. You do get Holy Spirit when you go to the altar, but Holy Spirit can't speak. He's not activated yet. And that's where people get confused because they're like, well, there's the nudge of the Holy Spirit. Yes, you have a nudge. He can't speak to you yet. You have to keep ask Jesus to baptize you in Holy Spirit. So the Bible proves that this is not automatic. Otherwise, why would Acts, in Acts, the writer of Acts says, not just once, but twice in Acts. Let me set this up for you. In Acts 8, Philip goes to preach and proclaim the gospel in Samaria. So he had gone from Jerusalem. He went up to Samaria to proclaim the gospel. Now in Acts 8, 14 through 16, it says, Now when the apostles at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent to them Peter and John, who came down and prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. For he had not yet fallen on any of them, but they had only been baptized in the name of Jesus. That means that they were water baptized. And from this scripture, we understand that Peter and John came to Samaria for the sole purpose to pray for the people of Samaria to receive the Holy Spirit. This is what the third part of the baptism is. The first time that Holy Spirit was given to mankind was not on Pentecost, but rather it was right after the resurrection of Jesus. If you go to John 20, 19 through 22, you'll read there that the disciples received the Holy Spirit. Jesus breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. That's like our altar experience. We receive Holy Spirit, but we're not yet baptized in Holy Spirit. They weren't, just like they weren't baptized with Holy Spirit until Pentecost. I hope that's making sense to people. So you are given Holy Spirit at salvation at the altar, but you have to ask Jesus to baptize you in Holy Spirit for him to be activated so that you can hear him. And then you have to practice listening. Many people go their whole lives without understanding this. I know that every person at my old church does not believe this. The second time there is a laying on of hands and asking for Jesus to baptize in Holy Spirit in Acts was Acts 19 when Paul goes to Ephesus. He runs into 12 men in Acts 19 too. They are disciples and he asks them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? Now, let me just stop right here. Why would he ask that if this was something that was automatic? He wouldn't. It would be stupid to ask something like this if it was something that was automatically given when you become saved. Now back to Acts 19. 
It says, and they said, no, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. And he said, into what then were you baptized? They said, into John's baptism. And Paul said, John baptized with the baptism of repentance, telling the people to believe in the one who was to come after him, and that is Jesus. So here's where the rubber meets the road. Acts 19, 5 through 6 says, On hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them and they began speaking in tongues and prophesying. Now, I believe that Paul asked for Jesus to baptize them in Holy Spirit. Often the Bible doesn't say exactly what was prayed. When we lay hands on people, we're always praying for them, right? We don't just lay hands on them and just hope that God's going to do something. We lay hands on them and we pray for them. And so he was praying, Lord Jesus Please baptize these men in Holy Spirit. That's what I believe he prayed. Now, that was it for me. When I realized this, I threw myself on the floor. I mean, I was, it was like 11 o'clock at night and I threw myself on the floor. Everybody was in bed. I was sobbing and asking Jesus to baptize me in the Holy Spirit. And as I was prostrate, face down on my living room carpet, with tears and snot running down my face, hoping and praying that I would hear the Lord speak, the first thing that the Holy Spirit said to me was, I love you. My will was broken in me that day. I didn't realize until much, much later that I had chosen at that moment to smash my own will on the altar of God. And I received the will of my Father for my destiny and the full power of God that we are all intended to walk in, which is the voice of Holy Spirit. I was 45 years old when I was baptized with the Holy Spirit. And I was called by the Lord to preach not long after that, but it would be another two years before I preached my first sermon. We always have to remember that God's timing may seem slow to us, but it's never really slow. If you go to 2 Peter 3, 9, the word of God says, The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient towards you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. I had a lot that I needed to allow God to heal in me, and for me to repent for. And it's a process and a work that only Jesus can do. All of us have to be willing to do the work if we're going to walk in sanctification, which is the will and the destiny that God has for your life and for mine. Now, one thing I realized out of the gate just days after this experience from the Holy Spirit baptism was that we are born with a God-shaped hole in our hearts in which only Holy Spirit can fill. This goes back to that Greek word, koilos. We can try and stuff all kinds of things in there, in that hole, but we will never be satisfied until we let him fully into our hearts. 
Holy Spirit is the only thing that fits there. And it's the only way that we will ever find true peace. Within less than a week, I had quit smoking. And the, that day, I had stopped drinking. It was as if a switch was turned off in me. Everything changed. And I want those things to change for you too. If you're struggling in something, God can heal you. He can fix you if you'll let him take your broken pieces and mend you back together. I want you to have hope. I want you to understand that God loves you. He is for you, always for you. He wants you to be a part of his family. He wants you to come to him and to know him and to hear him and to live your life with him and for him. I want each person who is listening to this to understand that you can be found by God and it doesn't have to take 40 years like it did for me. It could take five minutes if you'll give him a chance. Now, we live our life looking at the now and the future. And we have to look towards our future so we don't stumble. But we see the work of God in our lives from looking at our past. I can look back and see all the ways that he was working in my life. And I bet that as I was talking about the things that I had gone through, that you were looking back in your life and seeing the places that he was working in you also. The answers that sometimes we didn't even know we were asking because it came from our hearts and not our minds. We sometimes never get answers, but that doesn't mean that we should stop asking the questions. God loves our questions and he's faithful to carry us through to our destiny in him if we will lay down our thoughts and our hearts and our very lives to him. He gives us a new life and his Holy Spirit is the very best teacher. Now, if you're ready to take steps towards him, no matter where you are on that path, all you have to do is turn and there he is. If he's calling you today, then pray with me. Heavenly Father, Lord God, I am a sinner. I know that I have made mistakes in the past. And I want to lay down my life to you. And I repent of all of my sin. Everything that I have ever done, Lord God, I am so sorry for not doing what you would have me to do. Lord, free me from my sin. Heal me from my sin. Help me to turn away from my sin. I repent, Lord. Come into my heart. I love you. I make you my Lord. I make you my Savior. Bless me, Lord, with Holy Spirit to lead me and guide me in all of the ways that I should go. Baptize me, Lord Jesus, and Holy Spirit, I pray. I thank you, Lord, for your word, for your spirit, for your blessings. 
teach me, Lord, how to hear. I thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, if you've never been water baptized, get water baptized. It's part of our walk. It's part of our journey. And we have to be water baptized. It's, a, it's a, an expression of faith that we are a new creature, creature, a new creation in Christ. And I want you to, to do that. Spend time praying and being still and listening. Ask God questions. Ask him like, Lord, what do you think about me? What is your, what are your thoughts about me? And sit quietly and listen. He'll answer you. It's not going to come from your ears. The answers are not going to be an audible thing. It's going to be a heart thing. It's going to come from the heart area. And it's going to be a feeling. You're going to feel the words. It's hard to describe. But you're going to have to tune your spiritual ears. And ask God to help you tune your spiritual ears towards his voice. I pray that you have a great day. And we'll talk again soon.